Good morning and welcome to Attitude Adjustment. If you've never joined us, this is an awesome podcast that explores the social and political and economic and all kinds of weird stuff uh, via generational perspectives, differing generational perspectives. So I am Andrea and I'm the boomer and for this week because we are talking about organized religion and sort of its implications in our political system and what we're talking about these days, I am also the agnostic of the two of us. And I am Zach. I'm the millennial, the young one. And uh, for this week, I am feeling both blessed and a Christian. Good one. Yeah, Good yeah. One. So I play the role of the Christian, but uh, yeah. I'm still Wait a minute. Feeling. He plays the role plays of the Christian. The he truly is the Christian of right. the two of us. He's probably a so, bad Christian, but that's okay. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that. Too. <laughs> so all kinds of judgment. So so this week, um, actually, we had planned this fab- fabulous show uh, in which we were going to be inviting a good friend of ours, Dr. Swasti Bhattacharya, to join us. She is a religion expert, um, teaches religion and philosophy here at mm-hmm. University University. Um, and, but sadly, um, I don't know if it's the season or what, but she has been felled by the god-awful sickness that god. is going all over this campus. Yes, god-awful. Yeah, I blame god good. on this one. Every time we mention um, I know, right? <laughs> um, so she absolutely could not speak this morning. I got a voicemail from her, uh, which was quite sad. I, I feel terrible. So this is our official public shout-out to uh, Swasti to get better and um, sending all kinds of blessings for health and well-being. <laughs> Sorry, everything everything related to everything related to religion, religion is, is so, gonna make us giggle it's, this it's morning. It's so dirty. It's, it's so it's, funny. It's, it's so good. Uh, okay, all right. We have a, such a fun topic. We're talking about religious freedom, as you said, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough one today. We got a lot of stuff that. It has a lot of questions. I don't know if I've been answered by the by the public yet or not. Well, I'm I'm not really sure that our job is to ultimately answer these questions. I think it's important to just pose them. Um, let me just pose start them. with you, and 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 ask you what you think religious freedom actually is, Zach. Uh, it's the ability to um, express and enact and enact enact i don't know if that's the right word practice practice that's the word i was looking for everyone yep. uh it's the ability to practice and uh express religious freedom so you, you can okay follow you can't your, use religious yeah, freedom you, <laughs> i can do whatever i want in this all right podcast. okay all right okay right yeah okay all right <laughs> but no um it's the ability to practice religion freely um as long as it doesn't break any laws yeah so so why do we even have that in America? Well, I mean, go back to the beginning of time of America. That was the whole reason of America is to allow people to have religious freedom. And so that's one reason. And then also because it it, it goes so well with freedom of speech and the other freedoms that we have because it allows Americans to be themselves and study their own faith and continue their own practice without having the government create laws in which would guide us all kind of like sheep in a way gotcha so it kind of does prevent the sheep herding effect where it's just like okay all of you are going to be this one religion and you're going to do this one thing Mm -hmm. and you're going to every sunday you have to be in church kind of thing i often pose this to my law class in the morning Mm, um 
well, in the morning when I when I teach my my media law class, and I say, okay, so if your government tomorrow came to you and said, you're all going to be Jewish. Mm-mm. Everybody has to be Jewish. That's the new law. You don't do that. You go to jail. I ask my students, how, how would they feel about that? Well, they get a little uncomfortable. But it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting because when I turn things around a little bit and I say, okay, your government instead says you all have to be Christian. There's a little bit less yeah. sort of distress. Why do you suppose that is? Well, I suppose you're speaking with predominantly Christian people, too. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, being, at least from my experience, I'm generalizing to an unbelievable max here, but being, from my experience in the Midwest, uh, most of us are Christian. Um and that's probably statistically true if you look at just like if we're talking about Iowa statistically, it's probably predominantly Christian. And then you look at even smaller and smaller communities where we're less and less diverse. I mean, even even racially, we're less and less diverse. Storm Lake's, of course, a huge exception because we are insanely diverse. But if you look at the small town where I am, we're we're all just different styles of Christian, Methodist, Baptist, and Lutheran. But we're all Christian, and we have maybe three different families that are other than white. <laughs> and so you just you're just you're just talking to a very small pool, which I think is just an interesting concept in general because uh oh, we're sometimes we're just so unbelievably biased because we um some people come with very minimal knowledge of other religions, uh, especially in Iowa where we don't we don't get that chance. And and I I don't know why I can blame any of them cuz I am of course that person. Um but we if you're just not exposed to it, reading it in a book or talking about it on the news just doesn't help you. You know, you're you're never really gonna understand that. To me, you're never really gonna understand that religion unless you're talking to that person face to face, and you can kind of ask those uncomfortable questions. I tend to do that. I even like about racial boundaries. I talked to James Akene, who um, is a oh man Nigerian student, and I always just ask him like just random questions like about his country and his culture because you just don't get that from the books and it's the same thing with religion i just wanted to let everyone know that you, sometimes you read about what jewish what people being jewish is and what people being muslim is and and yeah sometimes the news does a great job of not helping that case you mentioned a couple of minutes ago uh that sort of at the dawn of of America, when America was America. Uh, America was just getting started, um, that religious freedom sort of defined who we were. And um, to some degree, you're not wrong. Um, people immigrated to the United States, to the New World, as it were, mm. uh, for many, many reasons. Uh, and, and most of it had to do with individual freedom that had been denied mm. um, in Europe, in, in Britain. Uh, so, the, yes, religious freedom was a big part of that. There were other things. I mean, they wanted to be free of the kind of taxation and oppression that they were facing in England. They wanted to be free of um, sort of fear if they spoke out against their king uh, that they would be persecuted. So there were many, many, many reasons uh, for people to immigrate to the United States, but ultimately they did, and and at least part of that had to do with religious freedom. Hence, 
the First Amendment. Once once we got started actually forming our government and, and writing a constitution, and then ultimately the Bill of Rights, uh, religious freedom ended up being the very first thing that is mentioned in, in the Bill of Rights, which is really that sort of statement about um, individual civic rights, mm-hmm. civil civil freedoms. Um, but it's it's fascinating to me when we get started talking about this concept of religious freedom. Last week, we talked a little bit about um, the fact that uh, the First Amendment guarantees that you that Congress will not make a law that that prescribes a specific religion, nor will it interfere with the way that we practice the religion that we choose. Okay, so sort of a two pronged effort in the First Amendment. But since I don't know, I, and I I'm, I don't have good frame of reference in terms of a moment in time. But it seems like certainly throughout the Obama administration, there's been a lot of conversation of late about religious freedom. And I think a lot of this has to do with sort of a backlash against new laws that have been put into place um, that guarantee, again, freedom and uh, equality to LGBT mm-hmm. people in in our country. And I think as a direct result of some of that, that there's a contingent of Americans that believes very strongly that uh, to grant LGBT members of our community equality and recognition and the ability to marry, et cetera, et cetera, somehow steps on their Christian faith. And so... Now, all of a sudden, we are doing a lot of conversation. We're having a lot of conversation in our country about religious freedom as a way to continue to sort of shut LGBT people down mm-hmm. uh, and out. So let's talk just a little bit about the North Carolina and Mississippi uh, laws, uh, laws that are couched in terms of religious freedom. What do you know about those? Well, I know they're freaking huge in the news right now. Uh <clears throat> And that people are trying to figure out whether or not it's something that we need in our country. or And I know that there's some people that agree with the, the statements and not. Uh, well, the Mississippi, just to give everyone a little bit of reference, Mississippi law states that uh, it allows individuals and institutions like churches and religious charities and privately held businesses to decline services to gay people if doing so would violate their religious belief on ma- marriage and gender. Which um, is quite the famous cake or cake? Wow, case about the lady who refused to make um, baked goods for uh, a gay couple. I love how they just slid up there. Yeah, the cake, <laughs> the cake thing. It was it was on the mind. Yeah, it was coming. I, I know. I was like, I gotta think about what I'm gonna say. You know. So. Um, right. Exactly. She was um, in the catering business and ultimately decided she did not want to serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, a gay couple who wanted to get married and who could legally. Mm. Um, the the irony is pretty great there. Uh, so right. So basically, what what this Mississippi law is doing is really sort of allowing people to continue to discriminate, even though the law says that they can't. Which is right. which is fascinating to me that 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 there are other laws, federal laws, that are saying you can't do this, and yet. The state law now is is interceding and saying, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. 
I'm appalled by that. And, and I'm appalled by the fact that this is ultimately being couched as religious freedom. So if your religion tells you that being gay is a sin, um, it's somehow a, a violation of your religious freedom if we are, if we're allowing LGBT people in our community to live like the rest of us. Yeah. You know, and and you're making really great points because it's it's a fair fight to say that as well because you can use religious freedom to get away with pretty much anything if you're going to keep going this route. I I sometimes man, I don't know if I cuz like if you look at like the bakery example for cuz I I I want to agree in some manner because I think religious freedom um it does hold some merit but there's so much it's kind of like opening Pandora's box in a way you know like if you allow them to do one thing you're gonna allow them to do a lot of things but going back to the bakery situation where her making that cake doesn't you know like or whatever it was a baked good um it doesn't it doesn't play a role in their marriage you know like I I think I would understand if somehow they were the one like signing off you know like a priest or something um they were the ones signing off on a marriage but like a baked good does not play any role in their marriage. And it's not like you're saying, well, if I make them this big good, I'm supporting their decisions, or I'm saying, I don't know, yeah. I I just think, I think if you played a, a closer role, but even then, you know, you discrimination. I mean, ulti- ultimately, though, um, if what, if you're asking me to create something, you know, let's just say cake. And I am the best baker in the entire community. Okay, <laughs> um, the the couple asking for this this cake is being fairly intentional in their choice. They want the best cake. the whole The whole point is that this is a big day in our lives, mm. and we're going to celebrate that with the best cake, right? As the best baker, the person creating that cake, if I am vehemently opposed to their lifestyle, their ideology, their way of life, might I not feel legitimately just a little bit weird about somehow participating in in this event. I mean, I you can you can sort of see where I'm coming from. Yeah, this, yeah. But I'm not advocating from this side. I'm just playing devil's advocate right. here. Well, that's the problem is that like there's some logic on their side too. I wasn't. I'm. I've never disagreed with that, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm a teacher, right? And right. what if I just decided that it somehow violated my religious freedom to um, recognize all conservative Republicans in my classes that if I call on them it's somehow gonna impugn impugn my own religious freedom Mm -hmm. so I I mean I think this can get ridiculous yeah the Pandora's box and 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 I really feel like this whole sort of couching it as religion religious freedom really is this this um I guess the word I'm looking for is it's it's this sort of trick it's 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 almost a shell game like we want to continue to discriminate, so mm-hmm. we're going to couch this in terms that are very difficult for the rest of the country to oppose. 
uh, which is one of our foundational principles, which is religious freedom. I, I'd like to add something just looking at the core of – because we were talking about how it – it doesn't align with the religion, and that's the reason why we're using it as religion freedom. Uh, and really, if you look at the reason why people don't like LGBT community is because it's considered, quote-unquote, depending on who you're talking to, it's considered a sin uh, to marry a man. But if you look at what other sins are, such as theft and cheating and things like that, you know, like, I'm sure this baker makes baked goods for cheaters or makes baked goods for people that steal. I mean, it's like, just because... Just because this sin is something that's publicly announced doesn't mean that the rest of the sins can just suddenly be ignored. You know, like, that's always been my fight is that people view, like, this quote-unquote sin of um, gay marriage as, like, the greatest sin ever. Like, that this sin is the worst sin that you could ever commit uh, compared to the fact that just around the corner, you know, you have people in the church that are cheating. And um, Frankly, I don't know how you call love of any kind a sin. And this is part of my issue with mm -hmm. the hypocrisy of Christianity. I, I, I uh, yeah, I know. I know those are those are fighting words. Sorry, but um, I don't get how you can call love of any kind uh, sinful. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you gonna love a robot? I don't. Care. Yeah, sure, whatever. It's a little weird. I mean, honestly, I really don't care. But let's let's keep going down this road. So North Carolina. Let's drive the car right uh, into the Yeah, let's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's do it. Um, North Carolina uh, also just passed something that's now being referred to as the bathroom law. This is mm. the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. I like that name. Um, which which bars transgender people from bathrooms and locker rooms that do not match the gender on their birth certificate. So, okay, riddle me this. <laughs> Who's going to be standing at those bathrooms and um, those locker rooms and asking for birth certificates? Right, yeah. Help me to understand this craziness I'd that is the... North Carolina. Yeah, I'd love to see how they ever enforce that. Oh, good God. You know, I I remember hearing, um, you know, there's a lot of, I've listened to a lot of transgenders talk uh, through different media sources. And one of the things is, like, they kind of talk about how it's it's just as awkward for them to go into the wrong bathroom. You know, it's not like they're doing this for fun, you know? <laughs> like, they have to kind of, they have to kind of get over that awkwardness and... It's not like I think people are still afraid, still to this day, afraid of people using that as some form of an excuse to get around. It, it just makes no sense to me mm -hmm. at all. And again, this is yet another law about bigotry that is hiding behind this whole argument, the rhetoric of mm -hmm. Religious freedom. Is this, it's, how is this it's our, craziness? Sorry. How is this hiding me on religious freedom? I'm a little confused. Oh, it's it's actually being termed um, one of several efforts in the nation to maintain religious freedom. It's it's uh, the argument is that that um, it would violate my sensibilities, my religious sensibilities, whatever they might be, uh, if in fact. You know, we acknowledge transgender equality, basically. Yeah. So this is just—I don't know—it's just yet one in a in a long list. So I'm kind of curious as to why you think this might be happening now. Is it—is it just because we've made some really good gains 
in our country with respect to LGBT equality rights, uh, yeah. uh, equal rights, or? Yeah, I think people would, of course, say that maybe the really good games isn't how they agree with the, the phrases here. But yeah, uh, you know, some people don't um, think that they, <clears throat> that we've moved in the right direction. And that's, I think, the biggest problem. Of course, we took, we've took dives um, forward with LGBT rights um, within the last few years. And so you're seeing a lot of this spark up as a chance to come back at it. Uh, they knew they were going to lose that battle, uh, especially when you look at, you know, you look at really popular people uh, voicing their opinions for LGBT community. And once that happens, it's hard to move a nation in the, wrong, the other direction. So now you, you do these small, small, small communities or states that um, will implement laws so then get away with backtracking that because uh, mm -hmm. you couldn't do it as 50 states. You now have to break down. Um, there's some of these states that took forever to even join on that band. Um, yeah, and I think, Iowa, I think it comes down to, to, um, to fear. So let's, let's create, um, let's create an argument that is accessible and, and largely amenable to a good portion of the country by, by re relying on this concept of religious freedom um, but the the actual impetus for much of the religious freedom laws that are that are going forward at the moment really have everything to do with sort of this fear. Uh, and and I, I think we can extend the conversation about fear to Islamophobia, which mm -hmm. has also become sort of a burgeoning issue in our country. Um, now, arguably, uh, this has a lot to do with sort of fear of, terrorism and this because so many um sort of major terrorist attacks have been perpetrated by islamic fundamentalist sort of french right. groups um there's this sort of weird generalization that is happening in our country with respect to backlash against all of those within the muslim faith and and there's a there was an interesting story last week actually um, about a 26-year-old California college student uh, who was on the phone um, when he was in a plane. Um, he was on the phone and he was talking with his uncle who um, is was in Baghdad. And this 26-year-old this had just come from this really cool um, conference thingy at the United Nations and he had heard Secretary um, Ban Ki-moon speak, and he was pretty excited about this, and he was sharing this with his uncle. Mm -hmm. But he was speaking in Arabic on the phone. And, uh, you know, someone uh, in the plane actually heard him speaking. And he uh, ultimately said something about the fact that, that uh, at the United Nations meeting, um, ISIS had come up in the in the conversation or mm -hmm. in in the speeches that he was listening to and so he's mentioning this to his uncle and there's a there's another person in the plane who also speaks arabic and heard a little bit of this and reported it to um the flight attendants so the young man was immediately uh asked to leave the plane okay and ultimately the Officials at the airport then said that um, in the terminal, the student um, uh, said that the man, the the police officers who were accompanying him, told him that he should have known better than to speak in Arabic 
on, a, on an airplane, given how it might rattle people these days. Mm-hmm. Um, now, arguably, this is as much a race issue, frankly, mm-hmm. as it is a religious religious issue. But it's, I think, pretty indicative of this sort of paranoia and fear in our country that's really driving things at the moment uh, with respect to anybody of Arabic descent and mm-hmm. anybody who might identify as Muslim. Um, it's a it's a huge problem in our nation. And I guess I, I don't, I'll never understand how religion, which is supposed to unite humans, does such a good job of dividing them. Yeah, always has and always will. I do think it's interesting, just like going off of this article too, it does seem very stupid to bring up ISIS on an airplane. I would like to add that just... In general, outside of it, just is a it's a poor choice. It's kind of like talking about how the conference was the bomb. Like, <laughs> like it's just yeah. I don't know if that was his wisest choice. Now, the idea of speaking Arabic, I don't like. That's not my problem. But bringing up ISIS is probably a terrible idea. All right. So let's just say he hadn't done that. Right. And he was just speaking in Arabic. Do yeah. you think he might have been hassled still? You know, maybe. I don't know. I. I don't know. I, I, I can't say that he would be. Like, this person might have genuinely just heard ISIS and the fact that the Arabic obviously probably added to it. But once you remove the catalyst kind of situation, you remove ISIS out of it, then they just feel uncomfortable. You know, like this person's on the phone talking Arabic. I feel uncomfortable. But once they heard the ISIS, they're like, yes, I get a chance to, like, put this guy in jail, really. And so, no, I don't think, I, I genuinely don't think that if, if he never said the word ISIS, that this would be an issue. But the combination, it's, I, I, maybe. I think this phobia usually comes with a combination of things. Um, every, not everyone, but the people that have this phobia feel uncomfortable around Arabic speaking and Islam, um, Islam people. But I don't, I don't know if most of them are willing to do action until something gets close to triggering them. You know, like the word ISIS or them like looking, doing specific, like specific, nope, nope, suspicious activity. Um, And as long as it's anywhere close to that, they're willing to jump on it. But it does have to require some form of combination. Um, Some probably more gray than others. But I'd say if you put, if if you say ISIS, I don't know, that's pretty poor choice okay but can i just point out that christians have perpetrated um Mm -hmm. you know horrific historically you know let's just let's talk about the crusades for a second um (laughs) you know right um christians have perpetrated as much genocide and as much as as anything else but we're not the minority oh you know that's actually not true i mean we're if you look at the world population at the moment, Zach, whoa, whoa, I mean, whoa. we're talking about America right now. Why? Why do we have to talk? Because we're the about- ones that have the insane phobia right now. I mean, most people are growing, but because obviously we're not the only ones getting attacked. In fact, we're taking not as I don't know if we're taking not as much, but it seems like recently we're not, we're the ones not taking the brunt force of it. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but we're you know. Um, but so just talking about America, it's still, I think it's still predominantly a Christian country, statistically. This is not, okay, yeah. We're not a minority. That, that, whole, that whole concept of America being a Christian nation, 
religion based. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that at mm, all. I do. I, I do buy really? that. Really? Tell, yeah. tell me why. Because it's it's so obvious in our government. Really? I, obvious in our government. We're supposed to have separation of church and state. We're supposed to. We agree with that. But <laughs> it's very obvious in the laws that we're trying to make and the government that we currently have that we have. At the very least, we have a very predominant religious government. I um, see that as a huge problem. Yes, it, it's fundamentally a huge problem. It's it's a huge problem. It needs to be separated. This is craziness. But, it's so hard, you know. Oh, hard. Right, but you're, just, you're asking, like, everyone to hide what... I mean, because people don't... They're not born into government, which means that they've created their own lifestyle before government. And so you're asking people to just imaginarily hide all of their... And I, I, get, I get what you're trying, but you're talking utopian style, where they have to forget... They have to forget their religion. And no, even you if don't. They, even if why they don't you, forget... Why can't you practice your religion and then also Unbiasedly? be engaged? And that's not a word. But um, That's not a word? No. no. The, more, the um, more you know. But why can't you practice your religion and also engage in government, but separately? Yeah. I suppose bias comes into that in some mm. manner. We're not going to solve this no, issue not. today, Zach. We're running out of time. Sadly, we oh, are running gosh, out of time. We just time. got all heated, and now I we know, have to say right? goodbye. I know, right? It's true. Um, but hey, we've been civil about it, so we that's, that's a good thing. Um, next week, I'm kind of excited. We're going to be talking a little bit about um, social media and social media's role in our lives yeah. on a daily basis. Whether and it's, it's good or bad, we'll see. Yeah, all right. So we'll see you next week. Bye.